A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Carry my noise. The AI Way to Drift Astray is a podcast written and performed by artificial intelligence. Even these words are AI generated. No human is involved in the writing. Starting this week, the music in the episodes is also AI generated. The goal is, in the end, to have a podcast that is totally automatically generated without human supervision. If you enjoy this project, please share it. This episode is called I Come From What I Came From. I never used to think much about where I came from. I grew up in a comfortable middle-class family and had a pretty good life. I never had to worry about where my next meal was coming from, whether I would have a roof over my head or if I would be safe and sound. I'm not saying that I was spoiled or anything like that. I just had a different perspective on the world because I always had a buffer. But one day, my perspective changed. I had an apartment, a job, and a car. I had a driver's license, a college degree, and a good credit score. And then, all of a sudden, I had none of those things. So, I went to that agency to try to find a job. At the time, I couldn't tell you exactly what the agency was. But I know it was something like the agency where I got my first real job, which was a staffing agency. I was hired by a professional staffing agency, and it was through them that I landed a decent job with the Pittsburgh district attorney. In essence, I became an undercover law enforcement agent. My first official day on the job was August 11, 2008. 
My life was pretty routine up until that point. I spent my days hunched over my desk doing my job for the DA, taking calls, typing, transcribing, filing, and working on anything related to my work. On the weekends, I watched sports and drank with my friends. One day, I went out to get something to eat. While I was in line, a plain-clothed security guy came up and asked for my identification. I'm from work, I said, I work for a fucked-up agency. What are you doing here, he asked. I couldn't reply. Cause I don't know what I am doing here. None of us really do. I came to work one day, and there was a message from an acquaintance that was asking for my number. I told her I didn't have a cell phone. She told me she would call the police and have them come and seize my phone and all the money I had on it and I would have to give it to her if I wanted to receive the call. That's crazy. I said. I'm calling the police. If you don't give it to me, they'll have to come and get it. She replied. I was skeptical. My impulse was to call the police myself. And turn myself in. But I decided to wait. A couple days later, I had become an orphan. Yes, I had a mother who loved me, and my two siblings. And yes, I had a father who loved us too. He was a hard worker, very kind, and very ambitious. He was ambitious because he believed that if he worked hard enough, he could provide a better life for us. But then, one night, he wasn't able to provide those things for us anymore. He was killed. My childhood became nothing more than a lie. Every day I woke up, I had a certain set of expectations about how the day would play out. And then, suddenly, I didn't have those expectations anymore. I woke up every morning with absolutely no idea of how the day would unfold. I had no idea how I was going to make ends meet. I had no idea how I was going to pay my bills. I had no idea how I was going to survive. That day I had never thought would happen to me, I realized that things were about to get a lot harder. I didn't have any family, so I didn't have a support system. I didn't have any money, so I was stuck in a city full of people that didn't care about me. I didn't know how to find a job or pay for things, so I was getting robbed at gunpoint every other day. It was all so overwhelming, and I felt completely alone. I didn't have any family, so what was I supposed to do? After a month or two of barely surviving, 
I walked into an unemployment office. Looking back, I know it sounds crazy, but I really did it. I wanted to find a way to keep working and to help my friends. I became homeless about two and a half years ago, and now I live in a homeless shelter in Orlando, Florida. I'm doing okay. I'm probably not going to starve to death or go to jail anytime soon, but my life hasn't been easy. My biggest struggle is finding enough money to buy food. It doesn't make a big difference because I still can't find a job. And I'm one of the lucky ones. Many homeless people I've talked to say that there's more than enough food to go around in Orlando, but there's no way they can get to it. The poor face a world that's different from the one I grew up in. Money and fame and fortune are nice and all, but they do not solve the big problems in our lives. Happiness and security are not worth having, but it can be nice to get them from time to time. That said, once you make it out into the real world, you'll realize that the only thing you really need to be happy is the freedom to be yourself. We all have a unique personality, a unique way of viewing the world, and a unique set of dreams and goals for our future. That is all we need. That's all we are. Public humiliation is not easy. Your head doesn't even know why you think you should, let alone believe, that anyone would find out. Before you know it, you are dressing yourself, with a trembling hand stretching into your pocket. After you gather all the loose coins, that were hiding there. You rush to this small service station around the corner. All the petrol heads there have probably noticed your face during your temporary breakdown in the toilets earlier. Some of them will think you're a nutcase, but there are others with whom you can share this ordeal. You know this is wrong, but as long as your head doesn't rebel, you don't have any moral guidance against what you want to do. You deserve whatever happens to you. If they see your face, they will probably hate you. If you don't care, it's better than being hated. A long line forms behind you, because the road is mostly empty. Sometimes you look at the headlights, wondering if the driver will leave you behind. If they did, you would have an excuse to feel proud. But when the car moves away from you, and you realize that you cannot possibly get in the same car with that disgusting boy, you realize that something terrible is about to happen.
She is not a woman who chose the traditional path. She is not a woman who chose the legal path. She is not a woman who chose the social path. She is not a woman who chose to be a housewife. She is not a woman who chose to be a lawyer. She is not a woman who chose the entrepreneur path. She is not a woman who chose to take up a corporate job. She is not a woman who chose to be a housewife. She is not a woman who chose to be an educated graduate. She is not a woman who chose to stay away from social work. She is not a woman who chose to be a mother. She is not a woman who chose to be a mother of two or more. She is not a woman who chose to be a rebellious teenager. She is not a woman who chose to have a child out of wedlock. This is the story of the story that will never be told. This is the story of a girl who dared to dream. This is the story of the girl who lived a life with unlimited opportunities. Do not hold on to me and do not forsake me. For surely you made me for myself and for my glory. Before you created me in the womb, I knew you. Before you cast me out into the darkness of the world, I knew you. Before you slandered me with false accusations, I knew you. Before you said you would abandon me, I knew you. I am some girl who dared to dream. This is the story that will never be told. This is the story of a girl who dared to dream. This is the story of the girl who lived a life with unlimited opportunities. This is the story of a girl who dared to dream. I am a girl. I am a dreamer. I am a writer. I am a lover of life. I am a daughter. I am a sister. I am a friend. I am a niece. I am a partner. I am a potential. I am a woman. I am some girl who dared to dream. I dreamt to start writing. And when I dared to dream, I dared to be nothing other than me. I dared to show my weakness. I dared to show my soul. I dared to show the real me. And I dared to write about it. I never liked to smile. I never liked to show my teeth. But that is what it takes. That is what you have to do to survive. It is like the saying, show me your friends, I will tell you who you are. And that is exactly what I did with my first ever book, to travel with the wind and sail with the sea. It is my story. It is the story of every girl who dare to dream. It is a story of a girl who dared to dream. This story is the story of every girl who dare to dream. It is a story that tells every girl who dare to dream. It is a story about finding yourself and about finding your beauty. I was 16 years old the first time I made up my mind to change my life. I always dreamed of being something someday, but I never had a clear-cut idea about what I wanted to be. I had ideas but no clear picture. But what I did know was that I was too lost to be anything, with too many obstacles in my way. The broken record I thought, so you think you're going to make a change in your life? By your mid-twenties? You're gonna sit around all day and think about how unhappy you are and what you really want to do with your life and never do anything about it.
I started running around the city by myself for hours every day. I would run around the ring road and along the bike lane by the side of the road. Just as each individual has the potential to do great things for the world, each individual has the potential to do small things that will have great repercussions. Next time, when you feel lost and you're asking yourself, am I enough? Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I fit to be a father? Am I fit to be a husband? Am I fit to be a boss? Am I fit to be a follower? You need to remember you are enough. You're good enough. You're smart enough. You're fit to be all that you want to be. You are the potential for greatness. You are able to do amazing things in this life. You are more than enough. You are not inadequate. You are the greatest. You have limitless potential. You are a potential for greatness. Do not underestimate it. Hey I'm Lolo. Every day I'm reminded of awkward situations in my past. At the time I thought it was funny and crazy. But now I know it was an abomination. I try to pick things up in secret. Like the random offerings of vegetables and breadcrumbs from the washing line. A spattering of broken glass from the garden. The father of the house even dug up a part of his garden for me, clearing an entire pile of rotten apple cores damp blackened carrots, and sections of rotting tomatoes. All my mum's work, to keep it a secret. He wanted to keep the supernatural life I had spent two years obsessing over a secret. A supernatural life that is only evident through magic, and clearly too big for all of his neighbors to know about. The power of the ancient spirits, who still possess our world. And I am just one of their cursed children. I don't really want to say more. People go mad over the supernatural. Terrified that the evil spirits of the ancient kings are coming to claim them and control their souls. I can only blame myself. I knew the rumors. I know what people are like when the gods are cruel. But I never believed the rumors. I was too ignorant. Too careless. Too confused. If I had been more careful I could have avoided all this. Or perhaps I could have just become a normal person by building relationships and earning the trust of my neighbors. 
The magic of ancient kingdoms made that impossible. My own lack of self. But if I had listened to my friends, and kept my weirdness secret, or left it behind when I left the village, perhaps everything would be different. Perhaps I would have an ordinary life. Perhaps I would have the life my mother and father had planned for me. A regular job. A happy marriage. Children. But I can't leave things like that. This is what you should do if you are in Egypt. 1. Don't stare. 2. Do give me a thumbs up or a wave of the hand. 3. Use a generous amount of English or some local language as a reminder. 4. Don't be sarcastic. 5. Don't approach us on the street and ask for a photo. 6. Don't send vulgar or sexual messages. 7. Don't touch. 8. Don't stand in the middle of the street with your cell phones in front of your bodies. 9. Don't use loudspeakers and speakers on your phones to talk about sensitive things, or use languages that are not in Arabic. 10. Don't scream your views over the TV or radios. In short, just respect us and live your life. I feel quite small in this big empty room. Why? Because of the ambience. And it has a smell. Some lilies, I think. There are only a few of them. I wonder why they haven't spread more. I must go get a candle, and I don't have one. Or I could bring one. Yes. So am I going to stay in the chair? Yes, you are. I have to decide who I want to talk to first. I am so tired of that part. That is what your business is, remember? You aren't a blind person. I don't see a point to talking about such things again and again. I mean, I am not any more in love with him, you know? And I am only helping him to fix things with his parents. 
You aren't going to lose this job, right? Don't you feel any duty to him? To be friends? No. No. I don't have to fix his life. I am not in love with him, and I'm not going to be friends with him. It's not really worth my time, you know? What I am not looking for is a living, breathing friend. That is what I want. And? and? Oh. Oh. I don't know. I wish to discover it myself. Because I have too much on my mind, and I need to stop thinking about this. Don't even think about it. I don't think I care. Let's get back to those lilies that you don't like, that smell nice, don't you think? To be honest, they are just flowers after all. Are you tired of being single? Tired of being the butt of all your friends' jokes? Do you spend more time with your cat than you do that hot neighbor who just moved in down the street? My new boyfriend may be the answer to all your problems. My new boyfriend is short, has a terrible temper, is chronically depressed, cannot spell worth a damn, and cannot express himself very well. My new boyfriend will soon be available for you to possess. It's only natural to move on. Tulio Tulio. Why are you Tulio? Will you stop that? Damn Tulio, be quiet and follow my instructions. Wait, Tulio, when is this happening? Can you just wait, damn you? What are you trying to do? We came to a bridge that spanned a winding river of churning black water. Tulio Tulio. Now, tell me what is going on. I will not allow you to stop until I say you can. This is stupid. I heard this crazy crazy story from Finland. A little boy in Finland was playing outside one day when his tail got caught in a car door. This is a poem about being the foreign minister of Sweden. Foreign ministry days are long. The day begins when the sun rises. Along this bridge, where I'm not allowed to walk. Instead the security guard stands here watching me as I make my way. I tell him I'm allowed to walk here without being monitored. When the day ends with the evening. 
I walked back along this bridge, where I've walked for 10 years now. This bridge connects a foreign country to my hometown. This bridge connects a foreign country to my hometown, this bridge between the foreign world and the foreign country. I tell my colleagues I'm not making jokes here. I tell them this is not a joke. This is not a joke, this is not a joke, this is a poem about foreign ministry days. If you like this podcast, please share it. Also, hit us up on the small independent social media platform called Instagram. This is a list of my favorite family stories, with the advice of Dr. David Young. These are not family legends in the tradition of melodrama and farce. These are true stories. They are things I have seen, heard, and been involved with. We had many dramatic moments when mom and dad fought over the welfare of me and my siblings. Now that the family stories have been told, it's up to the reader to keep the family tales alive. I suggest you read one or more of the stories below and tell me what you think. 1. My mother still contends she was the one who put those ashes on my father's head in our yard. She was the one who prayed and put a curse on us. 2. I woke up one morning at 4 am to go to the bathroom and decided not to come out until I had woken up the entire house with me doing the number 2. 3. I remember telling my oldest brother once, my parents wouldn't even let me have a dog and now you can have one. My brother said he would call it Martha and bring it over. But I had already named it, shitty dog. 4. In my family it was important to drive the middle of the road or someplace close enough to make people feel good about walking to the edge of the road. 5. My mother bought us ice cream and called it chocolate ice cream. 6. Once we came home from a day at the park and I had eaten a half pound of dirt. I felt so sick. 7. Mom sent me to bed and was watching television in the kitchen when my brother came in and started to say something. Mom yelled at him to go away and stay away from her. My brother went away and she fell asleep on the floor. 8. We lived in a rural town. My brother and I decided to go find a neighbor to see if we could borrow some matches. We went outside and my brother turned to me and said, here, start lighting the fire. I said, are you joking? Mom wouldn't even let us have matches. He said, I'm only joking. 9. After I had broken my collarbone in a sled accident and broken my arm, Mom told me to take my cup to the kitchen sink and soak it in hot water. She watched as I opened the cup and held the water to my hand and it started to burn. I knew she was still mad but I did what she said. 10. I have a half-brother who I met when I was about 15. His neighbor is Alonzo and he's cool and has tattoos.
voice. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.